John chapter number 6. For sake of time, I, uh, I decided in my heart that uh, if you were at the piano when I opened my eyes, I'd have you sing and then we'd preach. And if you were back at the seat, we'd just go right into the message. So, unfortunately, you're at your seat and that's, that's our, our lot. So we're going to read the scripture, jump right into the message, and we're going to get out of here on time this morning. John chapter 6, we're going to read verses 60 through 69. And if you've never heard this before, these first couple of verses, it might startle you a little bit. It's not one of our favorite scenes because it doesn't, in our minds, it doesn't go in the wind column here. So let's stand together, why don't we? And it's 10 verses. Let's read all ten verses in unison and pay attention to what's going on here. John chapter 6, verse 60, we'll read down to verse 69. Ready? Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And let's pray. Father, speak to our hearts, please. Let your spirit have free course among us and work in my heart and each of our hearts this morning for thy glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be seated, please. Sin and death are your great enemy. Everything that plagues you, everything that plagues you, is the product of sin and death. You don't have a single problem today that is not ultimately rooted in sin and death. You understand that? If there were no sin and death, you'd have no problems. Every problem you have, list your problems in your mind, every problem that you have is rooted in sin and death. Anybody who does any kind of problem solving or troubleshooting, whether it's mechanical problems or technological problems, electrical problems, plumbing problems, anybody who troubleshoots and tries to find out what a problem is, you know that you have to, number one, identify the source of the problem and then as best as you can, isolate the source of the problem. So as we're looking at the problems of life, and we want to identify the source of the problem, 
The source of every problem you have is sin and death. If there were no more sin and death, you'd have no more problems. Your health problem is a sin and death problem. Your financial problem is a sin and death problem. Your relationship problem is a sin and death problem. Your depression problem is a sin and death problem. Your uh, uh, addiction problem is a sin and death problem. Your self-control problem is a sin and death problem. Every problem in this world is a sin and death problem. And understand the reason I say sin and death is because sin and death always go together. Where there's sin, there's always death. And where there's death, there has first been sin. Sin and death are the opposite sides of the same coin. They are one and the same. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. James chapter 1 verse 15 says sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. You will never have sin where you won't have death. Sin and death go together. And so I say every problem that we have is a sin and death problem. Now, for a second, step back from your personal problem, your individual problem that maybe you're thinking about. Step back and see the big picture of of life and challenge your own worldview. There'd be no problems in this world if mankind had not introduced sin and death. You may not understand how that helps you arrive at a solution, but you'll never ri- arrive at a solution until you first identify the source of the problem. And the source of every world problem, and then back down to your life, the source of every problem in your life. I'm not saying your sin necessarily. Maybe in some cases, and maybe not in others. But somewhere, and I say Not necessarily a particular act of sin. The presence of sin has allowed for the presence of problems. So every problem in this world is a sin and death problem. If we had not introduced sin, Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man, that's Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. There you see again, sin and death together, one and the same. Two sides of the same coin. If mankind had not introduced sin, we would have no problems in this world. Sin and death are the source of our problems. Every problem, every problem. And sin and death always go together. The remedy for sin and death, now this is going to sound elementary, and it is. But it must be stated. The remedy for sin and death is life. Life is the fire extinguisher that puts the flames of sin, it puts out the flames of sin and death. Life is the antibiotic that removes the infection of sin and death. Life is the vaccine that destroys the disease of sin and death. Life will fix every treasure that sin and death has broken. Life will cure every disease that sin and death has caused. Life will restore every dream that sin and death has destroyed. Life is the remedy for sin and death. Time out. Let me say one more time that I understand that so far I haven't given you anything practical. You ever sit in the doctor's office 
and he's sitting there giving you all these doctor explanations, and you're going, hey, just write the prescription. Just, just, just write, tell me what I got to do. Just tell me what I got to take here. I don't need to know all that. You went to doctor school. You're the one that needs to know all that. I don't need to know all that. The fact is that what I have found in, in trying to control diabetes is that I do need to know all that, at least in my particular case. I do need to know all of that. I do need to know how they're going to do what they're going to do and why they're going to do what they're going to do because that affects my, number one, my understanding, and it affects my behavior. And so the more visits I make to the doctor, the more I want to understand what they're doing, why this is happening, and why they're doing what they're doing. And the fact is, even though you say, Pastor, as you talk about all my problems are are rooted in sin and death, first of all, you're telling me to stop sinning because I can't. And I think even if I could stop sinning, it wouldn't solve all my problems. You're right and right again. You can't stop sinning, and even if you could stop sinning, it wouldn't put an end to all your problems. So what good does it do for you to tell me that all my problems, the root cause, is sin and death? And what good does it do for you to tell me that the remedy for all that is life? So that you can understand. Because I'm in a few minutes going to reach a destination that is extremely practical. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to reach a destination that is going to give you every day, even every moment, remedies. But you will not use the remedies if you don't understand what I'm saying. So let me say again, every problem you have, we go around the room, you are totally transparent and you testify of all the problems in your life. And when we're done about quarter to six tonight, Then I tell you, well, let me explain to you that the remedy for every one of those problems and the ones that you didn't want to make public and the ones that you don't even know exist, the remedy for every one of them is life because the cause is sin and death. But we haven't reached the practical solution yet, so let's keep going. Understand That what every human being is searching for is life. They may not know it. But what every human being is searching for is life. They may be looking in all the wrong places. But what they're searching for is life. They may have even been deceived into seeking life in the places of death. But what they're seeking for is life. Every commercial on television is trying to sell you life. Some are trying to sell it in a bottle. Some are trying to sell it in a pill. Some are trying to sell it by getting you to sell your home and keep your home, whatever that's about. But everything they're so... We're selling life to kids in a toy. This toy, you got to have it. This is the essence of life. Everyone else has one. That's what they're selling is life. And the reason they're selling it is they, because they know that we're all customers. We all want life. We're all searching for life. 
And even though the vast majority of us are looking for life in the wrong places, it's what we're all shopping for. Every human being has this in common. That every human being has been infected by sin and death. Every human being needs life and every human being is searching for life. Satan is very clever. He's a very clever salesman. Every time he encounters and he knows that every human being is shopping for life. So he steps up as the sly salesman and he says, oh, I'll sell you life. And then he takes you down to the death aisle. And most human beings are trying to buy life in the death aisle. But what we have in common is that we are all shopping for life. All your problems are sin and death problems. The remedy for sin and death is life and what everybody's searching for is life. Now, here we come to a crossroads. This is where you have to decide where you're going to buy life. The most profound of the simplest truth that any human ear will ever hear, Jesus Christ is life. If you have Jesus, you have life. Jesus has life. But more importantly, Jesus is life. Jesus wants to give you life. But beneath that is the eternal truth that Jesus is life. Jesus is the embodiment of life. Do you understand? There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus Christ, all there is is death. Listen to John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That's talking about Jesus. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Who? The Word. Jesus. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus is life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Verse John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Your problems are sin and death problems. The remedy to sin and death is life. Jesus is life. A man lost in the desert cries, I need water! Tell me where the water is! And he probably doesn't cry it with that much strength because he has not much energy left. He wants to know where the water is. If he really thinks he has a chance of survival, he looks to the east, he looks to the west, he looks to the north, he looks to the south. And if he knew where the water was, he'd walk and crawl to that point, but the primary problem is he doesn't know. If he knew where there was just a couple of gallons of puddled water in, in a shady place in a rock, he'd go there. But as he looks in every direction, he doesn't see it. Because before he can go to the water, he needs to know where the water is. A man lost in sin cries, I need life! Tell me where the life is! But before he can get life, He's got to know where the life is. And the entire Bible 
along with 6,000 years and billions of human witnesses and all of creation, points and says to that lost man, Jesus is life. Every problem is a sin and death problem. The remedy for sin and death is life. Every human being is searching for life, and God screams to every one of us, Jesus is life. Now, once you know and believe the truths that I've given you, that sin and death is the root problem, that life is the remedy, and that Jesus is life. Once you know these things, and there's one great obvious question. Tell me practically, Pastor, how to access the life that is in Jesus. Where's the spout? Where's the well where I drop the bucket? How do I tap in? Where's the outlet where I plug into life? The answer comes from the lips of Peter. So the disciples were there, and a pretty good group of them. Understand, disciples does not always mean the twelve. It means the followers of Jesus. The disciples are there, and they're gathered around Jesus, and Jesus starts talking actually about what we just partook of. In a sense, he refers to the Lord's Supper. If you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you cannot have eternal life. A large portion of the disciples were very offended by that and said, you know what, I don't think, I don't think that I want what this guy's selling. Was he talking cannibalism? We're not into that. Why would Jesus say such an offensive thing? Here's the thing. While we're always trying to increase the crowd, and that's the right thing to do, we're always trying to increase the crowd. You look throughout the Bible, God's always thinning the crowd. Now, he wants us to increase the crowd, and then he's going to come along after we've done that. and thrown the... God liked it that Gideon called out 32,000 people to come and fight. And God said, okay, but now we've got to thin that crowd out. God does the same with disciples. He's we're going to thin the crowd. How does he do that? He does that. Hey, he does that by a woman who calls herself a disciple of Jesus Christ sitting in jail this morning for religious freedom. And there's plenty of pop culture Christians walking away saying, oh, that's not what I'm about. That's not what we're about. We're, 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 we did. No. And that thins the crowd. God's always thinning the crowd because he wants to find out who the disciples are. And so a whole bunch of the disciples walk away. And Jesus turns to the twelve. He says, what about you guys? You going to leave too? We also go away? And I can see them looking at each other. I can see maybe Judas in particular. <laughs> Judas is, wait a minute, we can't leave yet. We didn't even take up an offering. <laughs> Peter speaks up. Not a professor. As far as a Bible scholar, not a theologian. In fact, for some reason, I picture Peter eating a sandwich. He just sort of, he's just sort of Peter. And I see him chewing on a roast beef sandwich. I don't know why. It's not in the Bible. I just, that's what I picture him leaning up against a tree eating a sandwich. Saying, go away. Where are we going to go? Who are we going to go to? 
And here's his reasoning. This simple fisherman. You've got the words of life. You have the words of life. Who are we going to go? I don't know what this eat, eat, eat your flesh, drink your blood thing is. But I know this. You've got the words of life. Peter knew that because his life had been changed. Peter knew that because he had become a different man and he was becoming a different man every single day. He knew Jesus had the words of life. And in Peter's answer is the answer to your question. How do I access the life that's in Jesus Christ? The answer, through his words. The words of life. You access life by accessing Jesus, and you access Jesus by receiving his words. Let me read uh, John 1 again for you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. God could have called Jesus the song. He could have called Jesus the picture. He called Him the Word. You access the life through the words of life. That's how you got saved. You heard the words of the gospel. Before God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You heard the words of the gospel. You believed those words. You received the truth of those words. You made them your own. And you professed that Jesus is your Savior. God's words are the words that give you life. God's word says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. You hear those words? You believe those words, you receive those words as your own, and you choose to live by them. God's word says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You hear those words, you believe those words, you receive those words, and you choose to live by them. God's word says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You hear those words, you receive those words as your own, You believe them. You proceed on the basis that they're true. God's words are the words that give you life every day. And listen, God's words are the only words that give you life every day. So if you need life, where are you going to get it? You're going to get it in the words of God. All of this, all of this explanation to simply ask you, Are you pouring the words of God into your mind and heart every day? I want that life. I'm saved, but I need all the life I can get. You're right, you do. Are you pouring the words of God into your mind and heart? Psalm 1 tells us the blessed man meditates on God's word day and night. The Bible word meditate is a word for thinking. Do you think 
through the Word of God? Does the Word of God flow through your mind and heart? Do you pour it into your mind? Do you pour it into your heart? Do you take it in? If you're not taking in the Word of God, even if you don't understand it always, even if you don't always get what it's talking about, you at least have to take it in because these are the words of life. Jesus is the life. He is the remedy to all of your sin and death problems. He is the remedy to all of your problems. And the way to access Jesus is through his words. His words. The words of life. If you want more of God's life, you must take in more of God's words. When you neglect God's words, you neglect life. I wonder how many of us left life sitting on a table all week long, sitting on the nightstand, sitting on the back. It's amazing as you drive down the road, especially if your vehicle's a little higher, a van or a truck, and you can look down at other people's cars, and how many times the Bible winds up on that back windowsill. When you leave the Word of God sitting on a shelf, you're leaving life sitting on a shelf. While you struggle through the issues of sin and death, the only remedy that you have that you can access anytime you want it, you leave sitting somewhere neglecting. You sit and watch TV. I have so many problems. Yeah, but, but your answer's not up there in the screen. Your answer's there on the table. The words of life. Peter said it. Peter was just, forgive me, just a dumb fisherman. He said, where are we going to go? Where are we going to turn? If we leave you, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. Thou hast the words of life. God's words bring life whenever they are received. Are you tapping into the words of life every day? The expression of the words of life, they're not a metaphor. They're not just religious lingo. They are God's prescription for how to tap into life every moment of every day, the words of life. Father, I pray that you'd help us to tap into the words of life every day, every moment. Oh, God. Forgive us for neglecting the great resource of the word of God. Forgive us for not bathing our souls every moment in the words of life. Thou hast the words of life. Philippians 1 talks about the word of life. 1 John chapter 1, the Apostle John talks about Jesus as the word of life. Lord, we know that Jesus is the life, but we live as if we don't know that your word is the word of life. May we access your words constantly that we might tap into the life that is the remedy for all of our problems. Let's stand together this morning. We already had a salvation invitation. Let me just open up the altar to anyone who says, you know what, I just, I want to spend this week bathing in the word of God. Piano's going to play the altars open. Hey, how's your scripture memory? When was the last time you memorized a verse of scripture? When was the last time you turned off the music, even the good music, as you drive down the road? And just said, I'm going to let the word of God flow through my mind and heart. The words of life. The words of life. The words of life. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let me more of his beauty see. Wonderful words of life.
Will you also go away? By the way, that's a good question for you, Christian. Christianity takes blow after blow. The media piles on. They love it. You really start to feel like, man, (laughs) this, this faith that I'm a part of is getting less and less popular. You're dead right. Jesus said it would. God's thinning the crowd of his disciples finding out who's really in this thing, who really believes. See, I need that life. Okay, are you accessing the words of life? Are you accessing the words of life? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The words of life. The words of life. Here's the decision that you're going to make every day of your life. Do you believe that Jesus is the life and are you accessing Jesus by accessing his words? They will change your life. The words of life will change your life every day. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renews your mind? The words of life. The words of life. The words of life are your direct connection to Jesus Christ, the word of life. God bless you.